Welcome to episode 192 of Stageworthy. I'm your host, Phil Rickaby. Stageworthy is a podcast about people in Canadian theatre featuring conversations with actors, directors, playwrights, and more. So we have reached the halfway point in the Toronto Fringe Festival, and if you've been participating, you might be finding, as I have, that the days of the week have no meaning. I don't know what day it is, so thankfully I had Edit Stageworthy Podcast in my calendar. Otherwise, I would be panicking at some point tomorrow when the episode's supposed to come out. Have you been fringing? Have you have you seen a show that you've loved? If you have, tell me about it by finding me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at StageworthyPod. I should also make sure to tell you about my show, The Commandment. And there are still a few shows left, and there are some tickets left uh, for the performances. The Commandment is a dark comedy about what happens when an atheist discovers that he's been chosen to deliver God's new commandment. You'll find The Commandment at the Tarragon Extra Space, and you can find out all about it by finding it in your fringe listings or by following me on my social links on Twitter and Instagram at Phil Rickaby. And you can also find details on SimpleTruthTheater.com. My guests this week are Sarah Joy Bennett and Jeanette Moore from the award-winning hit fringe show Nightfeed, on now at the Toronto Fringe Festival. Which of you would like to describe Night Feed? Oh. <laughs> Sarah Joy? Oh, yeah. You take I'd, this. I'd, I'd like to describe Night Feed. Um, well, it's a an adult puppet play, but it's also part physical theater, mm-hmm. um, because that is the background that all of us are coming to it from. And it is a fever dream. It's a new mother's fever dream mm-hmm. in the armpit of another night. Trying to trying to feed her child, mm-hmm. and uh, her world has shrunk to bit basically the size of her couch. Mm-hmm. And in that um, hot, messy soup of uh, hormones being a bit messed up, haven't slept properly for three weeks mm-hmm. anyway now, and this brand new life kind of opening up in front of her for which she's got no roadmap, mm-hmm. uh, the objects that she can see around her in her apartment start to come to life and they start to speak to her Mm. and they each give voice to her own uh private concerns and fears Mm. and self-doubt and you know the things she's kind of dreaming about missing um Mm. and uh it's just one of those moments where the voices in your head are sometimes incredibly tangible Mm. and and i felt like my whole apartment was talking to me in in the middle of those feverish Mm. nights and like everything i saw had an opinion on what i was doing wrong Mm. every book on my shelf had an opinion about you're feeding that baby wrong you should be more attached you should be less attached Mm. Uh, like all my my old research books were like you should be getting back to work you should be focusing your mind on on this because the workforce won't mm-hmm. wait for you on the other side and all the dust bunnies were rolling <clears> across <throat> the floor telling me what a slob i was and mm. yeah so that's what it uh that's what it came out of so i mean and it, it it strikes me that 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 the isolation of those weeks in the middle of the night feeding a baby not sleeping well all of that is one of the things that People don't talk about. 
It's a private time mm-hmm. in in a person's life. Like you don't tend to see it be- because it is so isolating. And yeah. uh, you know, when a woman comes out of it, nine times out of ten, she's um, plumped back into the workforce, mm-hmm. and she's kind of got to go, go, go to to get back to yeah. to where she was. And so we don't really have very many, I don't think, representations of what that time yeah. looks like. Mm-hmm. And uh, I felt kind of unprepared for it. How how did do you feel? Did you feel surprised? In those, uh, in those early days? Mm-hmm. I felt overwhelmed. And I felt, you know, unless it was with... Um, I had to really be careful about who I spoke to about Ooh, my fears yeah. and anxieties. Um, I think those early nights, early days came with, for me, a lot of feelings of, of shame around... Um, well, I, f- I feel so grateful to have this healthy, beautiful baby... And and yet I'm also really missing my life. Mm. Yeah, and I and and there were a lot of people. Feeling. Yeah, a lot of you know well-meaning, yeah. well-loving friends and family who did not want to hear about the dark mm. sides of of my experience and, mm-hmm. and how I was longing for something other than okay, an hour until the next time that I'm feeding and 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 the the weight of the responsibility for this. Um, very small human. Mm. Uh, I felt like it just felt immense. Yeah. 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 Um, so I also found outlets in, in writing or, Mm. you know, spontaneous blurts to friends. Um, but I was also, you know, I was, I was also anxious around what I was saying and my appropriateness of, Mm. of, uh, of comment. (laughs) Yeah. Did, uh, so with all of that, what, what was the what was what what was the impetus to create a play based on this very private, very isolating time? Well, I um, while while I was doing all of these night feeds, I had this little tray beside me on the table, and it was like a stage manager's tray. You know how backstage stage managers? I love them so much; they're so organized. They, they like take the the masking tape mm-hmm. and they they chart out the <clears throat> table, and they say like gun prop goes here, bottle prop goes yeah. here, this guy goes there. And it's just so efficient, and I've always just loved that. And so I made a little stage manager's tray that went beside me while I was breastfeeding. And it said, like, water glass, because I needed water all the time. And, like, food, because I was hungry all the time. And um, phone, a book, and pad of paper and pen, because I was constantly scribbling things down on a pad of paper and a pen. And I would be furious if the pad and paper and pen weren't there within my reach, because I needed to get this down. And I just scribbled down all, all the random little sentences that came into my head of like breast pump has a face mm-hmm. if you look at it the right way mm. what would breast pump say to me breast pump is an aerobics instructor breast pump is a motion motivational speaker breast pump is going to pump me up mm-hmm. and get my ass back into that workforce and th- these were all on just like tiny little slips of paper mm. and it made me it made me laugh when i like really needed to laugh mm. but it was just a handful of scraps of paper for to end up it years mm-hmm. because I didn't feel like I had uh, headspace clue. After my child became two, my world grew quite mm. a bit bigger. I, I was able to handle things, bigger things. My mm. brain cleared a little bit. She had more independence. I had a little bit more independence. She wasn't napping all the time. We could get out of the house and I was ready to dip my toe back mm. into trying to do a bit of creative work. And uh, and David and I uh, 
took Holly away to a cottage, uh, just the three of us, for a week, and our plan was, okay, you take Holly for three hours in the morning, and David will write, and then David took Holly for three hours in the afternoon, mm -hmm. and I would write. And at the end of uh, and at the end of a week, I had an incredibly rough first draft mm. of the play, and David had composed quite a lot of music. Nice. Um, and that was how that uh, first got started. And then I had something that I felt I could show uh, some friends that I really trusted, and to kind of ask them if they thought I had anything. Mm. And I said, "Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, you do. You right. cannot not write mm. this." So then the ball started rolling from there. That that was practically a year ago. Okay. Yeah. And so you had then applied for uh, how many fringes did you apply for? Three. Oh, three. We, we only apply. We were we just got magic. We we had Montreal, Ottawa, and. Toronto, mm. uh, because among us uh, there are eight children. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That, that that's in the the blanket of like the whole family that created this show. Yes. There's eight kids that we're considering, uh, so we could not handle out of province or no. anything further afield as much as we would like to. Mm. So we're like, well, okay, wait, maybe we could manage Montreal with a little bit of luck, but it's, mm. ultimately it's probably good that we didn't get in yeah. to the Montreal French. I'm not entirely sure how we would have managed that. It would have been hard. You, so, now they tell people that they can't, they, that because Montreal and Ottawa overlap, they do overlap too much. Mm -hmm. Quite a bit. Too much now yeah. for people to do both. So they've, they've basically now said, if you're doing one, you can't do the other just because of the timing. Mm-hmm. So that that kind of turned out to be mm. just as well, and we did uh, Ottawa uh, because my parents live in Ottawa, and they were able to well, yeah. <laughs> take my daughter uh, while we were doing the show, and we could crash at their place. So that helped quite a lot. I'm sure that cra that that helped a lot. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so what was what was it like in Ottawa? I mean, you 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 were an outstanding show, outstanding overall production. Nice. That was the, that yeah. was the award that we got, and that meant the world to us. Yeah. Um, you have you have. That was your your first time doing an Ottawa Fringe. How, how did you know, it, how I, I did it strike it, uh, you? I had done it ten years prior with a, a solo show called Fish Face. It's and gotten a lot bigger. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I love it there, and you know Ottawa is looking really good. Mm -hmm. Sexy little yeah. city. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I I felt yeah I felt really welcomed and yeah uh, yeah I felt I felt at ease there. Mm. It was great. Yeah, it was warm. Mm. Um, it was their biggest attendance. Uh, ever they nice. they they broke their record That's in terms awesome. of attendance. It's yeah. really come a long way. And it's a fairly young festival too. Yeah. So um, I think I say kudos to them. They've got some gorgeous new venues. Mm. The, uh, there's the new uh, Ottawa Art Gallery that's mm. been built, and now it's kind of an extension of Arts Court. Some mm. lovely new black box theaters. Yeah. It's really cool. It's yeah. really good. I came back halfway through. Uh, we had a couple of days off, and then I brought um, uh, my husband Tim and our two kids, who are age five and seven right now to uh back to ottawa so we i felt like i was kind of straddling doing the play and then also doing all the museums mm. <laughs> yeah well i mean <laughs> you can't go to ottawa without seeing like five museums you can't no? well, yeah absolutely you can't um what was i mean this this show premiered in, in ottawa so nobody had seen it outside of your group really mm -hmm. um except for you did a, a bit at uh, the puppet mongers the puppet mongers festival yeah. was fantastic to yeah. start at that that was so awesome to do the puppet festival mm. because I I have rarely seen a more supportive enthusiastic community mm. than the puppetry community possibly because it, it's small yes you know yeah. like it, it it's a, a group of so so many de dedicated really dedicated artists who are creating their their own work and uh, we 
felt a lovely warm reception mm-hmm. from the puppetry community. We did mm-hmm. a, a, a section of our piece. Yeah. We've had a lot of help from puppet mongers, mm-hmm. actually. They've been wonderful supporters of ours. Nice. Uh, and then Ottawa was the very first time that anyone saw the complete show. So what was the reaction? Like, aside, awards aside, what was the reaction like to the show? Oh, it was great. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. It was crazy good. Yeah, lots of laughs. Yeah. yeah and tears. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was the most touched by how many uh, really young people uh, came up to us afterwards and, and said how much it, it meant to them. Mm. Especially, like, a big crew of, like, 20-year-old guys, mm. which I was not expecting. No. <laughs> I, I wasn't expecting that. Like, I wanted very much to make something mm-hmm. that could be enjoyed, like, I, you know, yeah. that could be enjoyed by anyone. Mm-hmm. But it is also, it's a love song to, to young moms. Yeah. And, and it is mainly for them. I want new moms to feel less alone, less crazy, that, like, it, the fact that you are thinking these weird inappropriate things doesn't mean that you're going to be a bad mom right doesn't mean that you're a bad person it just means that this is a strange and messed up time mm. in a person's life and that's okay yeah. yeah it's totally fine and it gets better and it passes mm-hmm. and you have your whole life to develop a wonderful relationship with this child mm-hmm. and in the early days it's a strange slightly alien creature that mm. you are saddled with vast amounts of responsibility and it's scary Mm. It's legitimately mm-hmm. scary. Yeah. Um, so it was uh, a love song for for new moms, and I, I was deeply gratified that a, a lot of new moms, old moms, mm. uh, really responded to it and came yeah. up to us afterwards mm-hmm. and gave us a lot of love. But so did a lot of twenty year old guys mm. who were like, yeah. "This is something I've never thought about. I don't even want kids, but this mm. is a whole section of life that I've never considered, and yeah. now I'm thinking yeah. about it. And thank you for teaching me about these things, and it." Gave him a lot of hope. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, in that vein, there's, you know, uh, I think been a lot of response and um, I've never seen anything like this Yeah, in terms I've of the style. And mm. that's something that we um, we were really working quite, you know, quite laboriously at. Mm. Well, how is it that we can be um, live actors as well as, as puppeteers mm. and, and, you know, puppets speaking to live actors and... And where is our focus? And mm-hmm. um, and where is the realism? And where is the surrealism? And yes, where yes. is the presentational acting versus the realistic acting? Yeah, realistic mm. acting in surrealist circumstances. Yeah. Um, and what's going to help us, you know, a- a- achieve this in in, in playability? Mm. You know, we found that working with mirrors was really helpful with puppetry, mm-hmm. even though it brought back a lot of early trauma. You know, with my ballet. <laughs> <laughs> I love looking at it in a mirror when I'm rehearsing. Yeah. Uh, but it really was effective with, with puppets. It right? helped a lot. Yeah. And then there's also the challenge of um, to see if, if puppetry is effective. Uh, you know, the ideally the scene needs to be memorized and mm. quite choreographed. Mm. So... Uh, but then there's a lot of things that we had to say, yeah, this isn't working. So we've got to rebuild, recreate this mm. puppet. Or maybe this is a totally different kind of puppet. Yeah. Uh, maybe this is, uh, there's some things in the text that need to change. So even now I still feel like there's, there are remnants of, of the old, you know, versions of the script or old choreography that I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> like I'm still overriding some yeah. of the, uh, the old versions. Yeah. We had, uh, quite a few puppetry rebuilds, mm. a lot of puppet rebuilds, um, Shauna Ryder has been an 
amazing artist to work with. She designed and built all of our puppets. And uh, because uh, it's, it's kind of hard to describe, but because uh, it's not perhaps uh, traditional puppetry, all of the puppets, uh, because we have one that is uh, like a papier-mâché crafted, um, built off of a clay model mm. infant, mm. like incredibly rendered and beautifully mm. painted and like very, very realistic. Uh, and then we also have like this strange, slightly henson-y like mouth puppet. Mm -hmm. It's a dust bunny. It's a dust bunny <laughs> that we built that at a dryer lint, but it's got slightly a henson quality yeah. to it because it definitely <clears throat> has eyes. Mm -hmm. And then we have some things that don't have eyes, some yeah. things that are entirely objects, mm. like a liquor bottle, a whole bunch of books. Yeah, a bike. A bike. It's parts of a bike. bike. Parts, but not a whole bike. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and each of the books move a different way. Uh, so it's object puppetry, it's traditional puppetry, it's mouth puppetry, nice. and it's physical theater. Mm -hmm. And then there's times that Jeanette and I don't have puppets at all, that we are just being internal voices, or we're just mm -hmm. using our hands. Mm -hmm. um, we just kind of went with whatever worked for that character in that moment. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like the kind of thing that you, you, you know, you can write it down, and then you've got to spend a lot of time figuring it out because the script is only a fraction of what you need for this right because like you said you need the puppets and you need the choreography what was the process of putting that together like because it sounds like it's 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 a long process well the script itself had, uh, had was like nothing but question marks really because i decided i wouldn't ask any questions when i was writing it mm. i would just write it and then i'm like we'll figure out how to do it later mm. and so i would write like Right breast says this. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Left breast is muffled by the baby's head, so says. Mur, 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 mur. And then her hair says this, and then a bottle says this, and yeah. then and then the breastfeeding book replies with this, and so there's like thirty different voices. Yeah. yeah. And I just wrote it, and then um, we started workshopping in February. <laughs> and I was like, here we go. Yeah. What do we do? <laughs> there was this moment where you said something like, "So, um." Uh, I think it was two characters I, that I was playing. They're they're speaking back to back. Am I? How do? <laughs> yes, they're. You're playing what both of these guys that are arguing with each other. How do we do that? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But th that for me, like that's the that's the juicy part of it. Mm. I just like I love like, you know, those question marks that you're talking about. Mm. How the how how do we? Those creative uh, questions. Those. Um, those problems. And Mike Peterson, um, who was guest puppetry director, was phenomenal um, in his specificity and, uh, at, you know, detail, um, said something uh, like it's it's in, even in the physical theater parts of it, it's puppet thinking. Mm -hmm. So we're always in the in that framework, mm -hmm. too, which mm -hmm. is, it was great. Yeah. It I was very collaborative. You know, yeah. I think there was for me, I felt like. All right, jump in, deeply invested, but not attached. Mm. How do I dive into the deep end, but then be prepared that th that thing totally needs to go? It's not working. It's not working. We had to throw out a lot of stuff. Mm. Yeah. You have, you, have to, you yeah. have to drown a lot of your darlings and be like, I loved that moment where my face was the breast and the breast mm. pump was sucking my nose. Mm. I thought that was hilarious, but it yeah. didn't work, so we got rid of it. So we had, we had, we had a lot of grieve, grievances. And, yeah. And, oh, and I'm like, but I bought the shower cap, the, the, the swimming caps that were going to turn our whole heads into boobs, and Jeanette and I were going to have our faces squished together, and it was going to be hilarious. Oh, okay. Then it didn't work. 
I just I think it, there's something about about being able to kill the babies like that mm-hmm. for you know it's a terrible phrase but like yeah. literally when you're when you're creating something to be like well that doesn't work I know we're attached to it but mm-hmm. it takes a certain amount of bravery to be able to yeah. go to, to do that right yeah one of the challenges to to any creation is is like being able to accept that something doesn't work and move on and rebuild yeah, yeah. do that deep breath mm-hmm. and say okay yeah. well yeah. that's that's great information yeah mm-hmm. fail again fail better what's uh, I mean, some of that stuff still inform, like the stuff that you you remove, still informs the stuff that's there in a way, yeah. right? You've learned something. <laughs> it's like choreographic subtext. Yes, it, it is literally. <laughs> it is that. It's choreographic subtext because you've learned something and it will inform, but it's just not there anymore. Yeah. But, you, know, yeah. you wouldn't get to where you are now without it. Yeah. Um. What was one of the? I mean, in terms of like, there sounds like there's so many challenges to putting this thing together. Um. What were the were there, were there challenges you didn't expect to have with this? Ones that that really surprised you? Well, I uh, am relatively new to puppetry. I've seen a lot, mm-hmm. but I haven't done a lot. I've done a lot of physical theater and mask, mm-hmm. and I think that that's informed my work. Um, I think I was probably a bit too cavalier when I decided uh, we would do a lot of object puppetry in this piece. I would be like, oh, oh, this is going to be great. This is going to be easy. I'm going to go to Value Village. I'm going to buy all the things. I'm just going to buy a book and a bottle and a glass and a thing. And then, ta-da, they're puppets. 20 bucks later, I've got puppets. And I'll just move them around. And it'll be fabulous. And people will know what I'm doing. And, um, <laughs> and, and it'll totally read from the audience. Um, but thank God, uh, we, we had Jana Ryder, who... Um, even though we ended up doing quite a lot of object puppetry, her big thing was, I hate object puppetry, <laughs> but I will make this object puppetry work. Yeah. And she taught us mm. so much, and she was able to like look at the objects and show us how some of them could be so much more alive than others, mm-hmm. how like not all bottles are created equal. It was like, no, this bottle... Is alive, <laughs> but this bottle isn't. Yeah. Forget about this one. You have to go with this one. And this book, we want to turn this book into like this. Going to be a bird book. You can't just grab the book and flap it around. That's mm-hmm. no, no. We have to work on like slipping dowels in between the pages mm-hmm. and coiling mm-hmm. it and treating it and reinforcing the spine. Mm-hmm. Um, like the the visual mm-hmm. artistry. Uh, that that was new to me, and I have so much respect for. Her. Mm-hmm. That that's what she taught us. Yeah, um, I love I love her her philosophies around you know uh, belief in in the life of of uh, the object and how relational it is. Right. So every yeah. person's going to bring an object to life or a puppet to life in a, you know in a different way, and how that animation happens is very much relational. So it happens, you know, Mm. in this space. And the more I believe that um, my bike parts are a bike, the more the audience will, too. There's something very profound and spiritual about that. Mm. I I love it. And you figure out where, like, where the weight and the gravity of Mm. the object is. And is it, like, like, we did a lot of LeBan work. Like, is this object, does this object slide? Mm. Or do the corners of the bottles, do those become its feet? So does it have, like, a little hop-to, hop-to, hop-to step? Mm. Or is it more of a glider? Can it float or does it swim? Mm. And it was there was a lot of playing around. Yeah. A lot of playing around. And then every now and again, something would click. And we would say, like, that's it. That's mm. it. That's you feel it. That it's an angel fish. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That breastfeeding book is an angel, angel fish. fish. Yeah. <laughs> of course. 
yes. it is. <laughs> and to find that piece, so that, and then if that's the hook, if I can find that the tail of the angelfish in my body, then I can find the voice and find mm-hmm. the find the character. Mm-hmm. And I find those hooks have been really useful for me. Switching from, I think there's about 16 different characters that I play, probably <laughs> yeah. similar for yeah. you. Yeah, but so yeah. <laughs> dropping in, you know, in a matter yeah. of uh, a half a second into a character. Um, yeah, it's 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 interesting to me because, of course, if you've never done puppetry, you would have exactly have the thought that you have. Well, of course, we're just gonna get the things, and they will be puppets. Yeah. It's like, hard. Yeah. <laughs> Puppetry's hard. Yeah. yeah. Um, you end like, like, Corrine, who plays our mom, and she has one puppet, the infant puppet, mm. the, the whole way through the play, and she needs to keep that puppet alive from for 60 minutes, mm-hmm. um, breathing and moving, in addition to her own journey, and, yeah. and aside from the fact that she's got, like, 50 different voices talking <clears throat> to her that yeah. she needs to be charting, she needs to be charting her own mm-hmm. journey, she also needs to be keeping the baby alive mm-hmm. and moving and looking and feeding and crying and... Yeah, it's amazing because lot. until you until you've seen a puppet die, like until you've seen a puppet uh-huh. like stop being alive, you don't even think about how necessary it is for them to move. Yeah, yeah. But as soon as you as soon as you watch one go from living to not, it was like oh, you like I like you really feel that when when that moment happens. So that's that's like an, an unexpected uh, necessity for for a puppet uh, just to to keep them moving. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. my good buddy Andrew says. Uh, he does a lot of puppetry. He's, he, he says, uh, um, a human struggles to, um, to die, you know, on stage. Mm-hmm. We do this thing where like, oh, it's really tough to die. But a puppet really struggles to stay alive. That's yeah. their journey. Yeah. 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 yeah, absolutely. Um, there, what is, what has brought you the most joy in, in creating this show? You first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. I, for, it has brought me immense joy to see uh, how many how many artists that I love so dearly uh, have given so much of their love and mm. time and mm. energy into this project. Because I mean, like like with any new work um, and especially any fringe piece, it, it's a massive gamble. You have no mm. idea what if anything there will be at the end of it Mm -hmm. and also we're all older people like i mean we're not in our early 20s anymore and we've got families and we've got other jobs and we've got like a lot of responsibilities and commitments so like it's not the same as as it was when when you were 22 and you know, it, it was an amazing, fantastic, super mm-hmm. free summer camp of a of a thing to do. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it means more to me. It means so much to me mm. that older, experienced artists who have got fuller uh, lives and bigger, deeper responsibilities were still willing to go on this journey with me and to give so mm. much of their creative gifts mm. to this project because they believed in it. Um, that's awesome yeah there there's nothing like that joy yeah yeah well and i i mean i think that speaks to the the depth of of your work you know mm. and i feel yeah. i feel just so touched mm. you know to be a part of to be a part of this process mm. for me it's been the spirit of play the spirit of improv mm. yes and mm. there's um there's a, a kind of beautiful creative uh monster bubble 
<laughs> a devilish time that we've been playing in. Um, and that's like, I just love that, that pure, pure joy of what, ha what can we do? How do we, how do we solve this tricky bit? You know, jumping in. It has been a lot of very childish play, mm. very childish play mm -hmm. of like, just taking two diapers and being like, okay, yeah, how do we bring them to life? <laughs> and what is their voice? And yeah. like, yeah. like for a whole afternoon, like figuring out 50 different ways that two wet diapers can move around a stage and speak. Yeah. Like, yeah. Pretty fun, childish play. Yeah. 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 It's not like it was like that's where a lot of the the like when you can go back to be that childish play aspect mm -hmm. there's so much more creativity that can come out and as adults it's a thing that we don't allow ourselves to do often yeah we're, we're on task yeah yeah we don't have a yeah. lot of opportunities yeah no so it's great to be able to like that you you had the opportunity to to play in this way and yeah. give yourself the time to do it yeah yeah and also sometimes to let go of the objects um, there were, there have been moments where I felt, um, hey, I think I'm, I think I'm losing the ground here in mm. this scene. Um, I'd like to just put the bike down for a minute and, and, you know, play this scene as though it's, it's live action. Huh. Yeah. Um, and for me, you know, moments where I can do that really, uh, yeah, I, I can find, I can find my feet again as an actor nice. in the nice. scene. Yes, yeah, because I can get pretty caught up in kind of the nuance of the yeah. of the physical, you know, puppetry and yeah, because there's so many like mm -hmm. like little mechanical things that you need to keep track of, like mm -hmm. that you don't think about when you're just a performer mm -hmm. on stage. Like you don't think about okay, I've said my line, and now how am I going to walk across the stage mm -hmm. and sit down in that chair? Because you don't need to think about that. Of course, <laughs> yes. It's just yeah. you and your body. But if it's you and a bottle or a book, it is the question of like, okay, how do I, how mm. does the bottle get yeah. from A to B and jump and land? And uh, mm. yeah. Yeah. So you're thinking about a whole lot of pretty mechanical yeah. things. So it was always helpful when we would mm -hmm. put the objects down and then just do a scene like two people speaking yeah. to each other yeah. to and remind the, ourselves. And the question of focus, yeah? I mean, I get so much by by looking at you right now. Yeah. I can feel you. I can feel yeah. um, how we're relating to each other. Uh, but when we are in breast pump or, you know, an object, mm. my focus needs to be on the object. And this object is looking at its scene partner. Mm. Yeah. Um, but I am not directly looking at my scene partner. So It's very hard to have that is, to that is Well, I mean, as an actor, it would be very hard. Also to keep from emoting the character mm. because the character emotes you don't exactly right? and that's exactly so hard i would have a, such a horrible time doing that <laughs> i don't know i don't know it's very difficult yeah you know as as, as an actor you're always putting stuff on the face oh my goodness be, right and i'm captain of the rubber face team <laughs> so so uh, you know, I don't want to say, but I may have been given a, got, I may have gotten a few notes that have been like, can you less with the facey? <laughs> uh, it's great, great voice, great. You know, just keep, <laughs> keep being the voice of that object. We don't want to look at your face right now. <laughs> but then you can't like, be completely neutral with the face because like, otherwise your voice, your voice yes. goes dead. Yes. Oh yes, my yes, God. Yes. So what's, <gasps> what's that? It's like half of the, like <laughs> nose up, nothing. Mouth. Yes. In exploring this show, um, 
there's a lot of personal stories in this show. There's a lot of personal stuff in this show. Mm-hmm. Was there ever any um, fear or trepidation about putting this... And again, this thing that people don't talk about, about being a new mother, uh, on stage for people to see? Was there ever anything, ever a time when you were ever afraid of um, it? Not... To a certain degree. I mean, obviously, I mean, no one needs me to say this, but obviously we live in a a time where there seems to be just quite a lot of vitriol around, and certainly everybody has got quite a lot of very big opinions Mm. about how to be a woman, and everyone's always had quite a lot of opinions about how to be a mother. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, it's one of the times in your life where you get the most strangers coming up to you on the Mm -hmm. street telling you what you're doing wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah, please stop touching my belly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean... To a certain extent, I suppose I was a little afraid that we'd have, you know, like some trolls on our website being mm-hmm. like, how dare you say this? You don't deserve to be a mom. Mm-hmm. Da, da, da. But we haven't had any of that. I think I was a little afraid of that, but mm. but it hasn't happened. And I, I just felt pretty sure that, like, I think that when you tell a very honest story from a place of humility and I think you have a decent chance of of speaking to a commonality in your audience. Mm. Um, when you try to make something that will please everyone or that speaks to everyone, mm-hmm. you, you're sure to fail. Mm-hmm. But if you um, try to be as honest as you can in this one way and do your best to take your ego out of it, your chances of having someone come up to you and say, I know what you mean. Mm. I felt like that too. Mm. And one of the reasons that I did write the play is because when I started getting out into the world and meeting more moms in my neighborhood, um, I would sometimes say something like, I don't know about you, honey, but I, I like, I, I sometimes imagine that, that my breast pump is talking to me in the middle of the night. And I had quite a few moms be like, oh yeah, I totally know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's great. So there, there seemed to be a, a commonality to it that, mm. that I, wanted mm-hmm. to explore mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i think it's i think it can be a great conversation starter you know seeing a seeing a piece like this and uh and i really want to challenge some of these outdated uh mom stereotypes that i still see I and mean, yeah. we were at a, a show a little while ago um where the punchline of this sketch was something like there's this mom character on stage stirring you know as moms do as moms do all moms yeah cookie dough <laughs> yeah um, and the punchline was something like, even moms want to have sex. <laughs> like, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> mm. So, so yeah. there's, there's a lot that we want. There's a lot that, you know, I want to be, to be seen and heard for. And I yeah. think we can, um, we can get that started. It's almost like there's a, uh, toxic femininity is the wrong, is the wrong phrase, but there's like a lot of like, like you said, everybody has an opinion about how to be a mom, even people who will never be a mom. Yeah. Men have lots of opinions about how best to be a mom. So, and mm-hmm. nobody, no, everybody, it's it's funny because I think I have a couple of friends who are pregnant right now and they're like, the number of times that people just walk up to me and start talking to me. Oh, yeah. That never happened before. It's fascinating. And suddenly because mm-hmm. I'm visibly pregnant, people are, are walking up and striking up conversations mm-hmm. But almost judgy conversations. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes the conversations are awesome. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, there there is a positive aspect to it. Like, I do feel like um, walking around with my daughter now opens me up to be 
uh, to start conversations with other people. Mm -hmm. So my relationship to my city changed when I had mm -hmm. a child. Basically, my relationship to everything changed when I had a child. Like that was one of the aspects of the play that I really wanted to explore. My, like my relationship to my working life, mm -hmm. my relationship to my husband, my relationship to my apartment, to my mm. city, getting mm -hmm. around, traveling, mobility in my city. Um, mm. You know, my my friends who I couldn't quite see anymore. Yeah. yeah. Um, my own mental space because I felt groggy all the time. My creative work, my body. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, my clothes, like everything my bike, everything changed. Mm -hmm. um, but there's good aspects too, because now when I travel around my city, I feel like I'm a little bit braver. <clears throat> like I feel like, I don't know, I can go up to someone and start a conversation with them if I want to, because I'm clearly not a threat. Because look at me, I'm walking around with a kid. Mm -hmm. yeah. I can ask for directions. Mm -hmm. I can go into a coffee shop and take out my little sippy cup mm -hmm. and say like, hello, I'm sorry, but I am taking some milk from your canister here yes. because my child needs milk. Thank you so much. I hope you have a really lovely day. And people are really nice about it. So yeah. mm. it opens up a, uh, a village. Sometimes mm. it opens up a bit of a yeah. village, but you know, community building takes a lot of work too. Yeah. 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 I find I still, I'm still struggling a little bit with expectations, even, you know, so my kids got out of school um, a couple of days ago and uh, there's a feeling in some of the moms that I talk to around, let's make the most of the summer. Let's right. get all the sunblock on and get sweaty and go to all the splash pads and get sandy. And yeah. and um, I don't know how to say, I want to be in a dark room making theater. <laughs> <laughs> Can I, you know, so, so the question around, um, did you have a good day? Did you get outside? Like getting outside being a good day. Mm -hmm. um, yes. <laughs> the... Doesn't necessarily mean it was the best day. Yes. I think it outside, I would have preferred to be inside. Yeah. Um, so finding that balance, uh, even now, is mm -hmm. uh, is a tricky one. It's a mm -hmm. tricky one. It's it's hard to trust yourself as, as a mom. Mm -hmm. It's hard to trust yourself. Mm -hmm. um, you think that's because so many people have opinions? Um, my personal feeling is that um, you know, li living in uh, in an urban center. Uh, far away from my family. Uh, back in the day, uh, if, if people lived in smaller communities with their families around them, you would generally have, you know, opinions from your family, mm -hmm. which you would agree with or not agree with, but at least there would also be help yes. going along with those opinions. Mm -hmm. You know, like there would be a little bit of shared childcare, mm -hmm. a little bit of assistance going yes. on with those opinions. Now, um, for myself anyway, I live in a big city with no family, um, not a lot of help. I'm working on building community, but it's, I have to put in the hours. Um, but a lot of access to vast number of opinions on the, you know, the mommy boards and the internet and mm -hmm. a bajillion parenting books. Um, so there's a million opinions, but there's no help. <laughs> right, 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 right. It's almost like there should, there, there should be like a tax on opinion. Like, can oh, you help me? Mm. Oh, oh my God, God right? yes. If, oh. you, if, you, if you're willing to, if you're going to give me that opinion, now we have to put it. Oh, put it I would hours. make so much money from Google. <laughs> oh my because God. that was one of my biggest mistakes in those early days was, was looking things up on the internet. Oh, because so oh, yeah. it leads to the worst. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, going yeah. to mean, you know, the big ones. 
tax on opinion would be awesome. Yeah. Right? Like, like, like if you're going to give me that opinion, now you have to put in some time. You've given great. me the opinion, now you owe me. So would you like to, I don't know, play for if, a bit? If, I, if yeah. I should only breastfeed <laughs> yeah. my child, will you come? Will you come and, and like, do a night feed for yes. me? Can I count on you can at I 3 o'clock this morning? Can I latch this pump onto yes. your body <laughs> to suction the milk juice out of your body? Mm-hmm. Because if so, yeah. well, I'm on board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on board. I think I think <laughs> that would be so. Be so cool. I think that's that's definitely a thing that should happen. <laughs> I cannot wait to see this show, you guys. I actually cannot wait to see this show. Thank you. I'm so excited to see yours. Thank you so much. This has been great. Uh, uh, thanks for thanks for doing this. Thank oh, it's you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. This has been a Homebody Productions production.